0: Oi, everybody! Uh, We wanted to drop a different podcast episode into this feed today. One, because we think you'll like it, and two, because, well, I'm on it. Uh, The podcast is History of Heat, and it's two very funny comedians, Yasser and Isaiah Lester, and they discuss the history, impact, and future of culture's favorite topics, ranging from sneakers to video games. Uh, In this specific episode, they're talking about collectibles, and I'm on it talking about my burgeoning basketball card collection, But the podcast is about so much more than that, and it's got very funny guests. So if you like this episode, subscribe to The History of Heat, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Enjoy.
1: This is a HeadGum original. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, and every kind of person in between. God loves you. This is History of Heat presented by HeadGum and (laughs) Stroke.
2: Say, <laughs> you like that? I would. I would stick to your day job and not try to be the black dude from *Police Cap*.
1: Okay. Well, Isaiah, I thought we were gonna be on a more positive vibe this morning, but I guess... There's a couple black
2: dudes in it. I mean, I mean the dude who did the sound effects. I uh, yes, clearly.
1: Not that, I didn't not think That was. I
2: didn't think you thought I knew, was the, not, I I the big
1: dude. Yeah. <laughs> The dude who looks like OJ. Zay, you know, um, we've covered a lot of ground on this podcast, right? We've talked a lot about culture, sports, fashion, favorite brands, favorite designers. Uh, why grown men shouldn't wear Billy Eilish sneakers—that was specifically a you thing. Um, I, I, I personally don't believe in policing older men who want to wear teenage girl shoes. <laughs> I personally think that it's okay if a forty-year-old man wants to stand in line to get teen girl shoes. I would never tell a man to not do that. That's something that you need to do, and you need to stop policing men's bodies. How about that?
2: Man, I tell you what—I would cat yasser from that. Defense, I would wipe your hard drive. Like, I don't know what you got going on. I would go home and I would wipe it out.
1: (laughs) Oh, one thing we haven't talked about, Isaiah, uh, explicitly, the one thing that everyone cares about, except for me, because I'm a good Christian boy, money, right? Uh, It's how the things we collect, uh, our dead stock sneaker collections, our trading card collections, our comic book collections have real financial value.
2: Yeah, and you said it yourself, man, in the first episode. All kids are rich now. The kids that are shopping in Soho and these kids that are bidding against me on StockX, they're all rich now. It's very annoying. And the main question of this episode is how do all these kids get so rich?
1: Yeah, I mean, like, okay, sure. Some of them were born rich, right? But a lot of them were also born very rich. And then also... More of them are getting rich, uh, doing the same stuff that we've been talking, right? Like flipping sneakers, investing in Supreme, uh, selling basketball cards. This is a whole new economy of, uh, of hype, right?
2: Yeah, there's there's always been a money side of it to all this stuff like all along. But the way it is now, it just really feels new. Right. I would say
1: specifically, if we're you know trying to like dig into it, we want to talk about like the collecting and investing side of things, right? Like sneakers and streetwear and cards and comic books. These aren't just things that you buy and wear to show off your friends anymore. Like now, they're assets and investments. It's it's a uh, like a stock portfolio, or dare I say, a stock X portfolio, Isaiah. Ooh. Oh, you didn't know I was going to do that to you. (laughs) Um, So that's what we'll be talking about today. Uh, We'll be talking about collectibles. uh, We're going to be talking about trading cards. uh, We're going to be talking about sneakers as investments. Uh, We're going to be talking about all the different ways people turn their collections into money.
2: So this episode, we've got Michelle Bouteau. The host of uh, Netflix's The Circle Uh, I'm a huge fan of The Circle Uh, She's going to be talking about her collecting habits What she's into We have Amir Blumenfeld The co-founder of HeadGum And the co-host of the podcast If I were you to talk about his trading card portfolio And maybe where our checks are (laughs) (laughs) Maybe where our paychecks are as well
1: (laughs) Oh, God. And we've got a sworn enemy, number one hater, dude that we cannot stand, senior stock ex-economist Jesse Einhorn to tell us how to get rich. Now, this is History of heat. say it's been a long, winding road, you know, for us uh, becoming adults. There's been a lot of hustles. There's been a lot of money-making schemes. There's been... Lots. Yeah. A lot uh, of uh, lot. Do you, do you kind of remember the first thing that you, like, you quote-unquote flipped?
2: I would have to say, like, I think in my earliest flipping days, there were probably, like, basketball jerseys. So like old basketball jerseys, I'd have, and I would take them to like, you know, play it against sports or somewhere like that, and see what I could get to, for them, or like, you know, uh, a vintage thrift store or something like that. There's two. There's two parts of my jersey journey. Yeah. The first part was like I liked who if I liked a player, uh huh, I would get their jersey. Right. Like one of my first jerseys was a Grant Hill Pistons jersey. Though I'm a Lakers fan. Yeah, the Pistons are hated rivals of ours. I had a Pistons jersey. Right. And then I migrated out of that, you know, and I became a Jersey loyalist. And now um, I really buy jerseys of teams that I support. But in terms of training and stuff like that, I think my earliest memories uh-huh. are of jerseys. And then it went into shoes. Yeah, And um, being, I didn't know, I didn't understand the power of it either. And like, and back in the day, I would literally just sell them on. I would just sell them on Craigslist. I would yeah. just post them. I make a yeah. math, I make a big post, and then I would get five responses about people who actually want to buy the shoes, and then five more of people who just wanted to have sex with me. Um, so, uh, well, to be was, fair, that's <laughs> on you for
1: also posting a picture of yourself next to yeah, the shoes. Yeah, it's just,
2: it's just it was just like it was just like a pair of Jordan eights and then my nipple. Like yeah, those, see those again, posts. that's that's <laughs> yeah. you
1: were doing Anthony Weiner style photos where it's just like you <laughs> laying in bed with a shoe next to you, <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah, that's that's how I that's that's how I used to sell them. Um, yeah, and that's really before like so- StockX and eBay uh became like a really big player in that game, yeah. And I would it was so awkward because like I would roll, I would meet these people. We meet yeah. in the in the Ralph's parking lot on yeah. um, Vineland near Magnolia, yeah. uh, and I meet them there. And uh, I would show them the shoes; they would buy them, and I go straight to the bank to make sure they didn't give me counterfeit money. Yeah, um, that's yeah. how I that's how I would do it. Um, but what about you? What are your earliest uh, sex? Uh, trading memories. <laughs> <laughs> Sex and gear trading memories. I mean,
1: <laughs> I, I can I can go as far back as yesterday. <laughs> um, I didn't even realize people were selling shoes like that. Like, I moved out to L.A. Isaiah moved out like right after me, like right out of uh, film school. And he was already like on it, right? I remember like one of the things he liked Flipped for and got dough was, like, uh, a pair of Jordan 2 infrareds, and he flipped them for something else and then, like, also got some money for them. And I was, like, what? Like, I because I, I, I was, like, 20—I must have been 23 at the time. And, like— all I knew truly from being in L.A. was, like, Flight Club. Like, I don't even remember there being, like, reselling stores in Atlanta like that. But we also were kind of out in, in Marietta. So, it's like that that kind of culture hadn't really made it out there. So, it's just, like, all I remembered was, like, going to Fight Club on Fairfax because I wanted – and now I can't even remember, which is, like, uh, such a bummer. But they're the SB Donk Lowe's that have, like, the uh, – they're, like – I. I the name isn't Desert Marauder, but that's who's on the tongue of the sneaker. I can never remember. Right. but it's, And it's got, like, the two uh, swords. And I just, like, those were, like, a grail of mine. As I'm saying this, I couldn't remember. And I was like, whoa, these are pretty ill. And I grabbed them, and it was, like, $500. And I was just like, this is what? So then Zaya came out and started doing it. So I just, like, got more into, like, the sneaker part of it. But, again, like, I, the thing that, like, kind of no one tells you, and this is – Though it's the great equalizer being online, it's also, like, one of the terrible things if you, like, don't have the bots or this or that. But, like, to really get in the sneaker game, like, you have to have sneakers. Like, no one tells you that. You kind (laughs) of just – you can't just come in willy-nilly. Like, unless you're, again, one of these rich teens and it's like, I have $700 to blow, which is like – that's, like, an impossible amount of money to me, right? So, like – It was like, again, like, unless you have something to put up to also get the cash and then flip those for another thing, like, you're kind of just like SOL, right? So, like, so I was always kind of watching from the sidelines. But, again, Isaiah's always had, like, an ill collection. Like, I've always been, like, and I've kind of talked about this before, but, like, I was, like, a much more casual dude. Like, you know, I had, you know, I I had Nikes and, you know, I still had things I was proud of. I had SBs, but, like, I, I never had, like, rarities, right? I was, like. I was wearing, like, New Balance and Sauconies. And, like, again, like, I, I wore, like, a lot of Nike Vandal Lowe's, which were, like, my, like, to this day still just one of the ill shoes of all time to me. So my, my first, like, real trading experience thing came from comic books. Like, I understood it with comics and, and comic cards. I knew that it's, like, I can give... Like this hollow foil apocalypse card and also mm-hmm. give, you know, like uh, a Spider-Man uh, number one Todd McFarlane with the silver webbing versus the gold and then get, you know, 10 bucks for those two things and get right. an a, a issue of Wolverine 100. So, like, I didn't even realize that it could go with, like you know, what I considered more adult things like shoes, you know? So I, I was just always in, in, in that vibe of it. Like I was always constantly doing it in terms of like things that I consider like, I you know, children's entertainment, if you will, because I was a child at the time. But like, I you know, like you could go into a comic book store and be like, what can I get for these? Or like walk into like, oh, a, yeah. you know, a CD place and be like, what can I get for these CDs, right? But it's like I didn't even realize there was reseller markets for all these other things, you know?
2: I think, yeah, I mean, I remember going into comic book stores with you and you literally having boxes of comic books and putting them there and being like, what can I get for these? And you essentially like almost never getting actual money for it, but usually trading for something that you wanted. Right. Um, I would also like we would be remiss not to talk about your time working. Like you were at working at what essentially was StockX. (laughs) StockX was StockX. Yeah. It was a it was a used book, CD and DVD. Not even DVDs, like half DVDs have Yeah, and half <laughs> called the Book Nook by the Big Chicken in Marietta, Georgia, right yep. next to the Big Chicken. If you don't know what the Big Chicken is, it is what it sounds like. It's a <laughs> giant mechanical chicken uh, that has been attached to a normal size Kentucky Fried Chicken but, in downtown Mar- Marietta. But that KFC also has a gift shop it does There's a big chicken gift shop <laughs> on the inside so I would say that's kind of your kind of your trading real origin story right like, having like you were the man behind the you're like you know the Sean watherspoon of round two sitting behind <laughs> a desk and being like nah, we'll take this we won't take this Was Yeah. This lord of the Rings uh pass if it's not the special edition you know like doing that kind of stuff not was. the edition that looks like the Bible, so I don't want it, you know? Yeah,
1: that's, that's literally what I was about to say. I was like, people will come in there with that regular clamshell DVD version. I was like, buddy, this ain't even the Lord of the Rings one that looks like a book. Get out, Hey, you know what? Get out of town. <laughs> get, get, get out, out of, of town. Here. Hey, Get out, <laughs> out of town. All right, people of Earth. We got Isaiah, I want to say one of the most. Majorist guests in history for sure, and I said majorist because I had to I had to make up a word because nothing nothing quite encapsulates the superstardom of this person we're about to bring on. Truly, I've I've known her since I was a doorman at the Improv. A, and doorman. I, a doorman. A and doorman. And you and Isaiah used to come with me because he could eat and drink for free. I'd have, I didn't have that would be my only meal of the day. Yeah. Would be the, the Improv dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and I used to watch this person destroy on stage. She's truly one of my favorite comics. I, 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 I can't say enough about her. I, I mean, it. she's truly one of the funniest people on this planet. Uh, she has a special on Netflix called Welcome to Putopia, a star of the first Wives Club television series, host of one of the most major TV shows in history. Also. Truly.
2: Truly. The circles. <laughs> That's where we call it where I'm from. we call the it the circles. circles. <laughs> Y'all.
3: Michelle Boutel. Hey Michelle. Oh, oh my God. What in the BET Award is going on? That was so <laughs> nice. That felt like a wedding speech when no one's getting married. Oh my God. You know
1: what? Because you part yes. of the you part of the streets and we married to the streets.
3: Look, I remember the first time I met you. Um it was it was awkward.
1: Oh yeah, for sure.
3: Cause it, I don't know if it was your first or second date with one of my friends. I don't was, even think it was a date.
1: No, I met this is here's a here's a more embarrassing story. It, it was I guess technically was. But we all went to a bar called like the village idiot in LA. Oh god. Yes. And, hey Melrose. Yep. And we all got, like, drinks and food and stuff. And, like, I think y'all had already started, but I was like, I'll put it on my card. And I uh, put the, re- the remainder of it on my card. But you guys had already closed out. But I was like, let's get more food and drinks. So we ordered all the stuff. And then I went up to the bar to close out. And I, I was like, uh, I'm ready to go. And the bartender was like, your card's declined. And I was like, okay, hold on one second. And y'all were like, let's all leave. And I was like, all right, I'll catch up with y'all. And then I just left. <laughs> and I like left my card there this is not an exaggeration I went back like three months later being like they'll never remember me I walked in and the dude was like get the hell out of here <laughs> <laughs> <was> like,
3: okay <laughs> valid valid I, I. mean. That. Yeah, but I, I did to, not know the black story on Michelle, that. Michelle, I was trying to ball out in front of you and your homegirl over <laughs> nachos and a beer. Oh
1: no, nachos and a few beers. Okay. okay. Which, by the way, looking okay. back, I was like, it was probably twenty seven dollars. Yeah. Was that's like, the saddest part I of it all. I could not have had less money. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: but look at you now, bud. Look at look, and
1: it
2: all it took was fifteen years to come back on a podcast. <laughs> But to be fair, he is still my doorman. So <laughs> that's what Yasser's up to. Uh, yeah. He still works the front door of my building. Yeah, so.
1: But, you know, I'm your brother and no one's going to watch you more carefully.
3: <laughs> and uh, I love you. Uh,
2: I love you too, Yasser. <laughs> <laughs> I was
3: going to say there's always an awkward moment when I see you, though, because we went to I saw you at like a HBO premiere thing. And um, we asked there was what uh, d'oeuvres being passed around. And you asked the lady, is this vegetarian? Because I'm vegetarian. And she said, yes, no meat. And you took a bite and it was meat. <laughs> yeah, it was like, by the way, not just meat. It was like full on sausage. I was like, you could have yeah. gotten
1: further away from what vegetarian
3: means. I know. I um, was like, let me just walk away from this moment. I'm so sorry. Yeah,
1: thank you for that, though. Um, Next
3: time I'll hold your hair, girl.
1: <laughs> Michelle, if You guess it, first of all, I, you know, in the hood. I will do that. In the hood, they call me girl. <laughs> so you're making yourself real familiar.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, Michelle. This is yes. we're 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 talking about collectibles, and I, Isaiah has a question for you because you know I I as your friend and number one fan have already spoken too much, but he was like, you know, I will know her as well, and I'm taller and darker and more handsome, and I feel like. <laughs> should interject
2: myself and i was like all right you didn't have to say all that but go ahead and ask your question um we did meet once briefly outside of the hollywood improv but neither one of you remember that so i guess it wasn't
3: oh, that big oh God. was it one of those moments where like a show just let out and yes it was, a it lot was. Of people okay yes it was yes that, it was that feels like the end of like the night at the club where everyone's coming out and it's like that's what you look like you know what i mean or like when the wedding just got done and we're just like why is there rice in my eye so I'm sorry.
2: No, it's okay. I uh I didn't have the the inner power, inner strength that I have now back then. So if you didn't read it, it was it was me. I had a lot of growing to do. Um, speaking of growing, <laughs> girl, I am
3: so proud of you. What a journey! You better speaking take your space. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Speaking of growing, growing up, did you collect anything? Is there anything? Oh, we
3: got a segue. Yeah,
2: I told you my inner power. <laughs> I can't. I cannot be contained.
3: <laughs> what in the Steve Harvey is going <laughs> on, honey? So I love anything that is, like, slightly Caribbean or African that has um, my Zodiac sign on yeah. it. Oh, cool. So this is what I've, like, collected. Girl, I used to do stamps, but then we moved and um, there was a flood. And postcards, because my dad traveled to over 50 countries for his job, so I used to collect postcards. But... Really, what I've held on to over the years is stuff with um, my zodiac sign on it.
1: Ken, it, it was. Did you mention your dad to be like, oh, yes and Isaiah, don't, don't talk to their dads. Was that like a thing? Was that a, yeah, was that an all-purpose yeah. thing? I'm so
3: glad you, I'm so glad you picked up on it.
1: Okay, I just want to make sure because it feels like you didn't need to say that part. You could have just said I collect postcards, but you were like, my dad. <laughs> i was like okay michelle thanks so much wait the thing that you were holding up that had your zodiac sign on it what was it just for the, the no, listeners at home
3: let's get back to your dad <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> i mean did someone like like cut their finger because we hit a nerve oh um. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, this is from Jamaica. This is supposed to be a lion. Let's just say it is. We don't know. It kind of looks like someone's single auntie at a family reunion. Yeah, yeah. And this is like the (laughs) national flower. Okay. And, And that's the other things.
1: But what's the... Is it a paddle? What do we look... I'm just trying to figure out what the actual item is itself. Or is it just, like, a beautiful adorned wooden plank? Yeah,
3: you just... Ha- yeah, like, there's a lot of wood stuff in the Caribbean. Um, huh, you just hang it up.
1: Now, Michelle, besides talking about your dad all the time, you're also known for having kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, people aren't really talking about the career. They're like, she has a dad and she has kids. And that, you know, yeah. that's what, you know, I would say the two biggest things... But the question I was going to ask is, uh, you know, and, and we're going to get into it for you in a second, but like for for the babies, is there something mm-hmm. like, you know, for you, it was postcards and like Zodiac sign stuff for your, your sweet little kids. Is there anything that you're starting to collect for them that you, you might pass pass down? Is there is there something they're into? Like, uh, you know, any things they've shown interest in in, in that regard?
3: It's funny because there's a lot of gifts from people. And there's, like, because my uncle's the Archbishop of Jamaica, there's, like, a lot of Catholic gifts happening. It's a lot of mm-hmm. Noah's Ark-type shit being thrown at me. Right. Um, but husband and I like to get the kids a new pair of Adidases, Or is it Adidas? adida Every year for their birthday. Um, so I think the one thing we will end up... Um, Collecting or what is it? Bronzing? What do you? What do you? Yeah, you can you borrow, bronze we're gonna, them. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna. T- yeah, we're gonna taxidermy their first pair of vans. <laughs> oh,
1: okay, that you don't have to say it like that. That is uh, that implies <laughs> uh, something else, dear Michelle. Oh, well, that is something else. Something <laughs> so they're
2: oh, God, so are they're, they're already sneakerheads without even trying, really.
3: Yeah, I can't think of anything else that they would collect because they destroy everything they love.
2: Huh? Oh okay okay well that's kind of how i've been with personal relationships in the past but (laughs) again i've grown a lot i'm stronger than i once was and
3: uh i don't do that anymore. well you're just a walking kelly clarkson song aren't you (laughs) i think so i think so please somebody tell
2: her tell her that (laughs)
3: um all
2: right
1: for you michelle as an adult now is there a, a broad swath of things? Like, I like, you know, clothing or bags or shoes or whatever. And if so, is there something that gets more specific? Like, you know, people are, especially StockX customers, are going going ham on, like, Telfer bags, you know? Like, is that something that... that? No, I don't really subscribe
3: into- to any of that bullshit. I do what I like and what serves me in the moment. Yeah. Um, and I've always been like that. Like, you know, I'm a plus-size bitch. I've been a size 12 since I've been 12. Actually, I... Um, that's why I wrote my book, "Survival of the Thickest Plus Size Essays in a Small Minded World," mm-hmm. bitch, <laughs> because <laughs> because I've always had to like style myself and find my own way. You know, it wasn't until like what ten years ago that the fashion industry deemed us worthy of spending our money on their bullshit. So yeah, I don't have any of that. I don't have like my mom's Louboutins or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah. So. Nah. What I do like is I like to support black owned businesses, especially Haitian people just coming out here trying to make jewelry and shit. Yeah. Like that's my jam. Okay. Um, not to be all like a brown titty Rachel Maddow, but here the fuck we are. Okay.
1: <laughs> By the way, who's to yes, say? oh that, that's just Joy who, and, who, wait, and Who's okay. to say hers aren't also brown? Let's <laughs> let's step back. Let's ask. Let her. me do the research. <laughs> You know what? Get <laughs> Mad Owl on the phone. Like, hey, we got a question for you. <laughs>
3: All right. Michelle. She's probably listening. Yeah.
1: Oh, God. I hope not. It truly really <laughs> terrifies me. Um, okay. Real talk. We, we've spoken about, you know, uh, your dad. We've spoken about y- your book. We've yes, spoken ma'am. about uh, uh, your, your uh, wood collectibles. We've spoken about your kids. We've spoken about how uh-uh. you don't subscribe to any of that stuff. Um, uh uh-uh. is there anything else that you want to uh plug? Is there anything else that we should be on, on the lookout for you? Should we on, be on Bateau Watch 2021 slash 2022 slash 2023 slash 2024 and
3: beyond? Um, I have some things in the works. We're gonna go ahead and um film season three of First Wives Club available mm-hmm. on the P E T Plus app. So mm-hmm. if you like quality black Content. Go ahead. And, and reruns of Martin. All the reruns of <laughs> yeah, Martin. You Amy can Martin.
1: have a
3: Okay. want. <laughs> um, yeah, there's also a season four and five of The Circle coming out, which is really fun. It's such a fun show. I mean, V.O. is dope because I could just, like, be braless and, you know, work from... Uh, like, Look how you guys look. You know what I mean? Huh, um, okay. Just so, comfortable. Wow. Just comfortable. Just really comfortable.
1: Okay, my outfit was $10,000, but go ahead. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but I also think it's a very important show, too, because you can't get away from social media. And it's just like, how does that even look if we make that a competition game? And it's so it's so interesting to me, too, the people that go on there and catfish. Because the reasons why they catfish is, sure, it's gameplay, but it says a lot more about society. Like, Yeah. I'm a pretty girl and everyone's gonna fuck with me and not take me seriously or I'm a butch lesbian and nobody wants to be friends with her. So I'm gonna be... Like, it's always interesting Or like, I'm a bigger person and I can't flirt with anyone because no one finds me attractive. So I'll be... Because my strategy is flirting. It's, like, fascinating. And also important. So anyway, season four and five of The Circle, I feel like there's some other stuff going on, but I don't know. We'll see.
1: Okay. Um... On the podcast, are you willing to give your home address so me and Isaiah can come by? No. Okay.
2: Do you have any general advice for us? (laughs) (laughs) Just anything?
3: (laughs) I have general advice for you and for people, anyone that's listening. Um, And I always say this to people, too, when they're just like, how do I get started in comedy? Which is, like, such a dumb question. It's like, just start. Don't talk yourself out of what you believe in. The most talented people I know are always in a corner, like second guessing themselves. And it's just like, there are basic people out here making lots of money. You can go out there and just show your shit and do your thing. It'll only get better. Don't be afraid of success or failure. The end.
1: Wow. Okay. That was now, actually really good. Here's great. the thing. I I want to give you credit for saying something really smart, but I already have that all tattooed on my back. So <laughs> you can you okay, can Nick you can Cannon. stop you can stop <laughs> you can stop quoting Tuesdays with Maury because I read that passage also.
3: <laughs> P.S. Little known fact: I used to do warm up for the Maury Povich show when I first started stand ah! up comedy. Um, I really couldn't do warm up. It just ended up being like dance contest between like a white person and a black person. So I like, what I got to do? And they didn't even pay me. They paid me in pizza slices. Who
1: see? That's because they knew you knew who your father was, and they were like, "She doesn't need any more confidence." That's that show right. is specifically for people like me and Zaya. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like y'all should be doing a podcast for Twenty Three and Me.
1: Mm, uh, yeah but they don't on 23 and Me. they don't be fresh though they be all sad because yeah. they're like who's who's this person in relation to me you know they spend all their money on genetic testing they don't they don't really step I guess, out the house but it's fresh. really
3: great they tell you what you're predisposed to why you might not like cilantro why you have a freckle on your butt it's very interesting if you let it
1: Okay, um, this has been Michelle Bateau for 23andMe. and um, We just want to thank everyone so much for tuning in. But now, Michelle, thank you so much for for stopping by and uh, giving Isaiah the confidence that he's needed. Uh, <laughs> I, I've been fine. Okay, yes, thank you. That's
3: cool. I didn't even know I was doing this podcast. I thought it was Joe Rogan. <laughs>
1: Oh no! Oh, yeah. He's next. We're the we're the warm up for Joe Rogan. So have your horse pace ready, girl. Yeah,
2: he's he's sick. Oh boy! He's sick right now, so um, he's coming a little late. He said he had a pretty i am I'm gonna go watch off.
3: episodes of Fear Factor. Yeah. BRB. <laughs>
1: Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. From the most historic heat to the latest instant classics, StockX
2: specializes in giving everyone access to what they want and love. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. And
1: thanks to StockX's live marketplace, you have the ability to instantly shop the latest and greatest. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. That's right. You can use the code Heat for free shipping on your first
2: purchase of any order of $240 or more. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now.
1: Oh my God, people of Earth, it is going down in a major way. Isaiah, we got a guest in the building. Okay. We got a major, we got a leader of sorts, a president of sorts. A Joe Biden. A Kamala, if you will, of sorts. A GWB. That's George W. Bush. I would say this next guest is the George (laughs) W. Bush. (laughs) The George W. Bush (laughs) of HeadGum. That's right. Yep. And I don't want to hear another credit out of this guy's mouth. He's for sure the George W. Bush of HeadGum. He's he's the co-founder of HeadGum, co-host of the podcast, If I Were You. People. Make some noise at home. I want you to stomp your feet, clap those hands. For Amir Blumenfeld, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Woo. Thank you, thank Woo. you. I do oh get that a God. lot, so it's cool that it trickled <laughs> all the way down to you. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Amir, look. You thought you were going to come on here and just tee-hee-hee and kiki with your boys, Isaiah, Big J, and Yas. But we got some Katie Couric-style questions for you, all right? Okay. Some morning show style, yeah. You know, we're we're coming at you like Reese Witherspoon in the morning show, no mercy. Okay, all right. You ready for this? Okay. <laughs> I um, I'm scared now, but
0: yeah, I think I you
1: should be. About. You should be. Where were you the night of December twelfth,
0: nineteen ninety eight? Jesus, um. this is gotcha journalism. <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. Um. <laughs> all right, we're gonna ask you some Katie Cork style questions. First one. Amir, there's the collectibles episode. Did you, did you have trading cards as a kid? If so, do you have a favorite one? And ooh, here we go, here we go with the journalistic integrity. Do you still have that trading card? I, I did
0: Buy some as a kid, like, you know, for, you know, you go to a birthday party in third grade and it's 1991 and somebody gives you a pack of whatever Skybox basketball cards and you open them at home. Yeah. I remember keeping one Chris Webber card when he was in the Michigan jersey. I don't know where it is. I remember having a Thurman Thomas, uh, Bill's running back card. I don't know where that is. And then during the pandemic, when everyone was stuck at home, talking about how these cards are now worth a lot of money again, I got sucked back into the hobby because it combined my two passions of making a quick and easy dollar and also Nick Van Exel. So together, those things came together. (laughs) Love it. That's right. Yeah. Okay,
1: good. Hey, and by the way, big shout out to Sick Van Exel. if you you at home listening right now
2: nick the quick yeah we with you boy we always with you nick the cool thing about that chris weber card when he was in college is that he definitely got paid to make it oh definitely Um, yeah so (laughs) that's that's my favorite part about that and the shorts were so baggy they came out of the card
4: (laughs)
1: kenyon martin style was filled with the the shorts the shorts were sagging because they were filled with money
2: (laughs) yeah cash (laughs) booster sweet booster cash (laughs) <laughs> um, so what what kind of cards do you collect now? Uh, are you still in the basketball world? Or? Yeah,
0: mostly basketball. I sort of tried to dabble in football a little bit, but that didn't really appeal to me. I'm more of a basketball fan. I do have one random hockey card in my collection, which is I couldn't afford the Wayne Gretzky card, so I went for the one other player I can name from my childhood, which was a Patrick Waugh, goalie for the Montreal Canadiens rookie card, I noticed that there were only 90 of these PSA 10-graded Patrick Waugh rookie cards. I'm like, you know what? If I can't afford a Gretzky, give me the best goaltender. And again, I don't watch hockey, so I can only assume he's the best goaltender of all time, because I actually remember what his name is. So I bought one of those two, but can- the rest of them are basketball. Oh, that's tight. I mean, yeah, I think so.
2: He's like the, again, the only goalie I've ever,
0: yeah. ever heard of. Yeah. I remember him playing in my Sega Genesis game growing up, I remember Gretzky, I remember Patrick Wah and like a few other players. So I went for the one that I remembered. Yeah.
5: That that Wayne Gretzky card sold for $3.75 million recently.
0: Yeah. So if I can get $2,000. So I'm kind of, of surprised that you Wah, can't, can't afford that's that. Good, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I'm not greedy. I will take that $2,000 card and I will sell it for $1.8 million. That's enough too. <laughs> like, I don't need the full Gretzky for it. And if anybody's listening, you can make me an offer at $1.5. I will gladly take it.
2: Dude, that's really kind of you.
0: This walk card is wow, just burning a hole in my pocket.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, just real quick. I know you think that's the most second most expensive um, hockey card, but I did look, and it is actually Adam Banks from The Mighty Ducks. Really? Um, Damn. Yeah, the character Adam Banks from The Mighty Ducks, who left the nice team. To play for the Mighty Ducks.
2: I was going to say, was Um, he the one without the dad? But that was Charlie. That was Conway, right? That was, yeah, that was Charlie
1: Conway. He had no dad. Adam Banks was preppy slash cake eater. Remember? Oh, yes. Cake eater, of course. Yes. um, Very famously. So, Amir, you're not doing nearly as well as you think you were. Um, Question for you, Amir, a.k.a. Kamala, a.k.a. George W. Bush. Yes. What is the most
0: expensive card you own
1: or that you've
0: paid for? I went Dutch or whatever the three-way equivalent of Dutch is on a LeBron James PSA 9 rookie card. Those were like $10,000 at the time. I'm like, I don't want to spend the price of a car on a piece of cardboard. Let me grab two friends that are Laker fans like me. Let's buy a LeBron James rookie card. If it's worth as half as much as a Michael Jordan rookie card one day, that'll be a fun investment. So we went three-way on this 2003 Topps Chrome LeBron James rookie card. Where does it live? It rotates. So it was in my house a little bit. Now it's in my friend's house, maybe the third friend's house. It's like that Simpsons episode where they split the comic book three ways. Uh-huh, so, yes. yeah, he gets oh it on Sundays <laughs> and Thursdays. I get it on Tuesdays and Fridays. <laughs> and then there's one day a week where, you know, that's God's day. We give it to the the man upstairs you give it to
2: the lord you just put it in the sun
0: <laughs> we put it in a hot air oh, balloon god. and if it loves us it comes back that is so
1: so funny
0: <laughs>
1: the goat deserves
0: uh. the
2: goat yeah yeah no the glory you know the yeah. god of all yeah. time yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. and ultra light beam yeah um, so
0: what's your what's your grail card Uh, The the best card that I own or the one that I'm aspiring to get one day?
2: I think a grail is something that you kind of aspire to get, in my opinion. Well, since getting into this hobby nine months ago, uh,
0: it seems like the biggest, most expensive, fanciest card is this Michael Jordan 1986 Fleer rookie card. There's like only a certain handful amount of this PSA 10, which is like a mint condition card that's 40 years old at this point. that one was almost selling for a million dollars, so I guess I'll say that's my grill card. Hopefully the market collapses to the point where me and my friends can now invest in that card. Um, we already have the LeBron rookie, and then there's just favorite players of mine growing up. A Nick Van Exel rookie card, an Anthony Peeler rookie card. Let me give uh, Eldon Campbell a shout-out. Uh,
2: so there's, Eldon like, personal Campbell. grails. <laughs> I love Yeah, it. yeah. yeah. Wow, personal yeah. grails, and then, like, you know famous ones. Just a follow up, do you have any cards of a player that you absolutely hate? Yes. Okay. Oh. I invested in a Chris Paul rookie card. Oh, I also hate Chris Paul. I, this, is, wow. this, is fan, this is fantastic. Yeah,
0: I don't know why yeah. I did it. I just It seemed undervalued at the time and it was like a black refractor. So I'm like, oh, this is cool. It's a numbered card. It's a Chris Paul rookie card. It looks kind of cool because he's in a Hornets jersey. Dislike Chris Paul as a player. Think he's kind of annoying. Think Super he's annoying. like, you know, not fun to root for, but it just seemed like a good business investment, so, I
5: guess. So were you, like, rooting for the Suns in the finals? Because it would have probably doubled in value if he'd won that
0: won that chip. I was kind of conflicted because, like, I had this Chris Paul rookie card, and then I also bet on the Bucks to win the finals before the playoffs started. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, you know it. Either way, I'm happy. It's a, it's a
2: short-term, it's long-term situation. Wow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Chris Paul has that uncle energy that I just don't like. He's got that – he's just got an uncle, you know, where them kids at. It's the gif of him laughing and then not laughing anymore. And that's like his essence. Yeah, it is. Like, he's just a, he's a,
0: I don't know, he's a troll. He's a twerp. He's a, he's annoying. (laughs) But he like, he's so good at it. He's really good and then he also cheats. So like, you don't have to do both, Chris Paul. You're great. You don't have to (laughs) run into people also and yell at the refs.
2: Yeah, he's just, yeah, he's so annoying. Great basketball player though. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah.
0: one of the best point cards of all time, all time. let me not yeah. take his value the card is worth thousands of dollars i assure you guys <laughs> and i love him personally
1: <laughs> well as someone who's known as the chris paul of podcast no! i gotta say that this is pretty the pod god conflicting for me yeah <laughs> well it's it's you know what they mean is it's just that like i should be taller and i'm not and i have really nice
0: eyes oh wow well, thank you <laughs> okay I'm so, probably Chris Paul's height. I'm like a little under six feet, which I assume Chris Paul yeah. is. Yeah, in his whack okay, Jordans, yeah, he's sure.
2: probably a little bit over six
0: feet. Oh my god! Yeah. Um.
2: I. mean, I, I take shots on every, at every Chris Paul on every podcast I'm on. yeah. So you know. This yeah.
1: Stuff. Yeah. This is really. Literally this is cool. not. You're gonna get cast in a State Farm commercial <laughs> with within one day and be like, I'm Yeah. Such yeah, a big yeah, fan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. I feel like. Uh, I feel like our own. You know, our best friend, our own Robin Quivers. Jesse. Oh, Jesse I'm, had a question. I'm raising my you hand. To I'm Let's do I can't this. see yeah. it because you're listening yeah. to this, do but it. I'm raising
5: my hand. No, I'm curious. Like, <laughs> so okay, you you're you're you think about these, you know, as investments. Like how how much are you really like taking this into account to your lo- you know, you I'm sure you're a smart man, you're a financial planner, yeah. You've read all the books about how to retire at a yeah. at a young age. You know, what you know, how, how big does this actually play into your like long-term retirement plans? Is this just funny money? Or are you like, you know what? This is I, going to pay for a, for, a, for a lake house someday.
0: I think it's mostly funny money. It's money where it's like, if it, all these cards got devalued, it wouldn't ruin me. Yeah. I'm not like putting my actual life savings into these things. But like at the same time, if they like, you know, five to 10x, I'm like, oh, that's kind of fun. I I was so smart in 2020 that now it's 2036 and this Patrick Waugh card is worth $800,000 <laughs> because I don't know he was in a famous murder suicide and there's only <laughs> oh 92 God. of these. What? I mean, you know these hockey players, the goalies get enough hits. Their heads aren't good. Their heads (laughs) aren't good. Take enough hits. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I don't want it to happen, but I'm just saying I'm financially incentivized for Patrick Waugh to maybe go crazy one day, kill a few people (laughs) himself. Hey, Amir, you're saying that now, but
1: the value of my Chris Benoit trading card
4: (laughs) tanked.
1: Tanked (laughs) after (laughs) that whole thing. Yeah, man. So be careful. I don't know what to root for.
0: I'm yeah. really conflicted. <laughs> hey, you know what? I'll
1: say don't root for a murder-suicide.
2: Okay, that's, that's what fair. I but say. you know what?
0: You called me the yeah. George Bush of podcasting. And so I <laughs> love oh, it yeah. was yeah. very yeah. yeah, he's doing
2: it. He's yeah. doing the George Bush <laughs> yeah. thing.
0: I'm
5: going to throw my shoe at you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now watch this drive. Remember that from yeah. Fahrenheit 9-11? Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. That, was,
1: that was the, was that the, was that the closing thing? Yeah. Or was the closing thing him stumbling over the
0: shame on you quote? Oh, no, I think it was that. Now watch this drive, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's so funny. Great man. drive,
0: man. Great
1: golfer. One of the best. One of the best comedies. Fahrenheit
5: nine eleven. <laughs> yes,
0: people don't talk about it that much. Oh my god, <laughs> I know. Do you guys
5: remember that shoe that they they threw at George W. Bush? Yeah, he ducked it really well. Yeah, we have we have that on StockX.
2: Wow, yeah. you have that what, shoe. What, what is it?
5: Uh, it's a Air Max One.
2: Oh, wow. man, it's a decent sneaker. You're chucking your good shit at yeah George W. Bush. Right, oh. left.
5: No, he. That, threw it that's both, why right? it was such a powerful political point.
2: I would have worn a pair of Reeboks.
5: If he'd just thrown like a beater at it. It wouldn't, wouldn't have made yeah. nearly like, as much the, of them.
2: This is the damn chucking a shoe at Bush. I'm wearing some Aces. One of one. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Shape <laughs> ups. I have the shoes. I, I bought them off StockX. I have the shoes that Terry Crews was wearing when he tweeted, uh, <laughs> BLM is becoming black supremacists. Wow. What shoes are those? Yeah. Yeah. They're worth four bucks. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they're worth four bucks. I I sold them to someone who works at Newsmax. Um, oh Amir, it feels like Amir, it feels like you are like I love what these guys are talking about, but I gotta go. No, no, so, not at all. Look, man, it's so clear you gotta go. Okay. So you know what? You should just get out of here. Okay. Thank you, and thank you for having um, me.
4: Oh hey, man, thanks man, for you know being on.
1: First of, all, first of all, don't play us like that. You begged us. You were literally mm. begging us. Every email, every text, every tweet. We, you know what, Isaiah, pull up the tweets where Amir was begging us to be on the podcast. <laughs> Those were DMs.
0: We don't have to
2: air Yeah, it yeah, yeah I don't want to. It. Not, I don't want to encourage people yeah. to go to my Twitter. Um, <laughs> okay,
1: Amir, Amir, you've already, you know, we plugged the podcast. We yep. plugged how you are our boss. Hell yeah. Um, you did it all. And we got it is out of there. Isaiah, the do you want to. Well,
0: do you want to give everyone your home address real quick? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's 318 South Broadway Avenue, New York. Uh-huh. New York. Uh-huh. Um, 104. That's it. That's the zip code. Okay. No, there's. Okay. And there's for sure. To, come
1: on. Where's the apartment number? Don't be stingy. Don't be stingy. No, it's a full give townhouse. I sold address. the walk car oh. and I bought a three. Yeah. <laughs> That's a nice split level. Work. Nice little brownstone. Two family in Park Slope. oh. Yeah. Uh, Good. All right, Amir, for real. Thank you Thank so you much very for joining much, us really so and uh, hang out, hang out a little bit longer so you can give me and Zay a ride. Oh my
0: gosh! All right, fine. Can I <laughs> leave now and call you guys an Uber? Do I have to wait? <laughs> no, no, you have
2: to wait. <laughs> All right, fine. I don't want to wear a mask. So <laughs> no. <laughs>
1: We are back with, I would say, probably one of the least liked segments on the show, according <laughs> to uh, Twitter, Instagram, and his family. Yeah. Uh, we're here for <laughs> uh, the price is hype with Senior StockX Economist. Again, not. Not very beloved, Jesse Einhorn. (laughs) Um, We brought... We did... We keep having him back, even though people are like, definitely not. Yeah. You know, that's the big thing. I would say, like, people stop me on the street. They don't really... Know me like that, but they're like, You're Yasser,
5: lesson. I'm like, Yeah, and they're like, You, the Jesse guy, yeah, big no. And they do a thumbs down, yeah, you know. No, it's like my dad, uh, my dad actually sent Yasser an email being like, Can you, can you just like not have the segment? I'm t- I love the podcast, right? But I'm tired of hearing this guy talk, and right? That's my dad, yeah, yeah I, mean, no, I, mean, I, mean, I was is, BCC'd on that email, yeah, yeah, yeah. he I was
2: bcc He yeah.
5: actually, he, d- he were a bunch of people were, were actually CC'd. He doesn't know the difference between BCC and CC, uh, okay, okay, So, okay. like, he actually put like, all, like my teachers growing up, yeah, like yeah. a couple cousins you were on that and like he couldn't even figure out how to bcc it so it's like i saw them all mm, and uh it was really uh, a blow to well, myself i was gonna
1: say yeah and this is weird but your girlfriend called isaiah on facetime and said <laughs> can you stop like i don't like the way jesse sounds yeah. on the podcast Ever, do you remember that yeah
5: i've yeah. never there's never been such a consensus uh, yeah. uh, around around a single issue <laughs> than like me not doing the same but you know what Contracts we the gotta contract. We, we got
1: to keep, keep doing, doing it. Wow.
2: So let's do it. Yeah. Let's uh, do it. Aside. Yeah. <laughs> so how are the kids on the streets um, in their uh, their homes, houses that I'll never be able to afford to buy, <laughs> making money off collectibles? Yeah. I know.
5: I mean, it's it's crazy. Stepping back for a moment. It's like, you know, we've been, we, we talk about this a lot at StockX, which is like this new there's this new paradigm emerging of alternative asset class investing. And it's like, no one just wants to invest in like Walmart stock anymore or like, you know, whatever, Oklahoma real estate. Like everyone wants something that's both like culturally meaningful, but also kind of like financially savvy. And and there are a number of these products that have emerged, sneakers, but also collectibles, trading cards, comic books um, that serve this kind of dual function, right? They are both, you know, cool to consume, right? They're cool to own and collect, but they also are like, you know, kind of a savvy investment. Mm-hmm. I think we've kind of talked about this before, but like, especially with like a
1: collectibles market, you as senior economists, are there like tangible cultural moments or things that you can look to and say like, This has affected the price of, for the sake of argument, not even just like sneakers, but like things all around, like now collectibles have gone up or like trading cards have gone up because LeBron
5: talked about it or, you know, uh, whatever. Yeah, trading cards are are probably the best example because there's like a really predictable kind of movement, both in like the overall market and then specific cards. So it's like, yeah, like when a player gets injured. Value goes down. Right. When a player gets like inducted in the Hall of Fame, value goes up. But then there's like crazy seasonal stuff, like pretty much every time the NBA draft rolls around, like the market heats up and like prices start start going up. And so there's like, you know, I think trading cards are maybe the best example of that. But then like outside of that space, there's obviously I don't know if we talked about before, but like, you know, with sneakers, for instance, the last dance had this like huge effect on on sneaker prices particularly jordan prices and also like pippin pippin stuff on stockx Robin stuff it all went up in value um and so those kind of cultural moments can also be huge for for sneaker collecting as well okay i have two
1: questions one do you guys think Scotty Pippen is okay and number two if you had a trading card a trading card of yourself and someone put it on stockx what do you think the highest it would go for <laughs>
2: Uh I think right now, like I'm gonna give myself fifty bucks.
5: <laughs> I'm, go, I'm going for 50. Okay. Would it be like one of the it's like they make, you know, they make kind of insert chase cards. There's like refractors and like autos. Well, would it just, be an auto card or would well, it just be like a base card? We'll,
2: we'll
1: say base, but it's a rookie. Okay. It's a Jesse Einhorn, it's, a it's an Isaiah Lester rookie.
5: Yeah. I think like I I, I I would say like a hundred, hundred bucks. I got some people in my life willing uh, to pay. Oh, to pay money. Wow. Yeah. wow. Okay,
1: no, okay, but that's, that's a email. no, but that's a thing. Yeah, it has to be like it's just it... Oh, it can't be friends and no, family. No, no, oh, no. Oh, then it's like just like oh, uh,
5: I don't ten, ten bucks, 10 five bucks maybe. Okay. What about you, yes? I
1: was gonna say fifty bucks. Yeah. Wow. I was gonna say that. Not that there's anything special. I think so. Seeing one person bid on it would drive it just enough till. At once it got to fifty, someone would be yeah. like, "Wait, who
5: is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> right? There'd be like some hype. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it
1: would just yeah. kind of be like, "Oh, I gotta get it." Right, Wait, right. There'd what? be like some
5: yasser yeah. <laughs> y- 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 rookie FOMO right in the marketplace. Um, but yes, I and then Pippin being okay. I mean, I hope so. It was like you know, we got there was a lot of interest in the Last Dance when when that came out, and and it was like ninety nine percent of questions about that team when it comes to stock are like, "Tell me about Jordan's." But right. that week, the week of the Pippin episode. People wanted to know what Pippen products were doing on StockX, and yeah. it was it's nice to give the guy what give the love. guy's flowers. I mean, he's so good. It's just like I just like that now. He's gone
1: full Phil Jackson sucks. Michael sucks. Yeah. It's just very. He's better. Um, he's a bitter guy. He's, he's a bitter. Guy. Guy. He had a good life he though. Had so a good life, you know. But future will ruin if once future is involved in your life. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. It is a
2: it is a state It is a grease mark you cannot get out of a t shirt. <laughs>
1: So if Future's listening, please stay away from me and my family. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, We all understand why certain products go up in value, like a classic Jordan 1 Chicago. That's an iconic sneaker. It makes sense that it would grow more valuable over time. But what are some reasons why values go down?
5: Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a super important question. And it's one a lot of people ask, you know, what for sneakers, right? There's a really obvious one. The, the biggest risk, if you're like a sneaker investor, is restocks. And it might be so obvious yeah. that you don't even think about it, right? But it's like it really if you're an investor in these things and like your portfolio is built around, you know, say like Yeezy 350s, if Kanye goes on a run and starts restocking like, you know, 10 colorways of the original Yeezy 350 V2s, like you're gonna lose significant value. Uh, we actually did like a study of this and tried to quantify like how much restocks affect, you know, Yeezy values and because Kanye was doing this a lot. There was a he still does it a lot, but there was a period where it was like every other week there was a new restock and we found that values for, for after those restocks went down between like 30 and 50% on average, right? So like if you had a, you know, like a Yeezy Beluga 2.0 and it was worth $400, like it would be down to, you know, 250, uh right. maybe even maybe even $200 after the restock. Um prices would go back up eventually, but like it's a pretty significant hit. And like, you know, with Kanye especially, that was an interesting time too, because you probably remember he was like on this tear where he was like, I'm gonna democratize access to Yeezys, I'm gonna make it so everyone, you know, there's a Yeezy in every household. Um, and like, and like, you know, what, what that was basically signaling is that there's gonna be a huge influx of supply and that there's like the, the runs on these things is gonna be huge. And so like that was a real risk. And there was there was a there was like a, a few months there where, where where Yeezy price premiums and Yeezy prices like really bottomed out. And it was like, um, you know, again. It's like, there's a, there's a bright side to this, right? It meant that more people could buy them at retail, but like as an investment, it, it was not good. And, you know, and also I would argue that it's not great for the brand either. Like there has to be a certain amount of hype and exclusivity around these things. Right.
2: But with something as, uh, I don't know, as iconic as the Yeezy brand, does that matter as much? Because like he does restock them and he does do all this stuff, but he still sells out whatever shoe he puts out every single week. So yeah. is, it, I, is it more important for other brands to be more aware of that than it is to say like a Yeezy who's going to sell a shoe no matter what? Or if it's like – let's say if it's like they're going to redo the cross, the Air Cross Trainer Bow Nose 1, the Medicine Ball shoe. You know, like that I see – or like the Kobe Grinch even when the Grinch came out because that, that was like my grail and I got the restock, which ended up being essentially a quarter of the price – of what the OG was worth on the market. Um, Is it, is it the brand though? Because I do think that in a weird way, Kanye's kind of won by doing that because like, again, the same thing happened where there was a pair of shoes that only released in Asia that he released here that I got that he re-released here. And I was just like, Oh, these are significantly cheaper, but I don't know. Is that one specific pair though? Like, I, I don't know. Like, and I know like there's rumors of like the Beluga reflectives coming out soon that are, he's supposed to – the ru- The word on the street is that he's releasing a million pairs of them. So yep. clearly the Beluga OG will be more valuable than the reflective. But I was just wondering like does it matter more for certain brands than it does for others? I do
5: think – I mean I do think Kanye has a certain degree of like um, invulnerability to this just because he is such right. a strong brand. but. But you know, two points I'll make. One is that like, you know, there was that time I think it was like 2000. I want to say like late 2019, 2020, where they were there were so many easy releases, and the, there was the releases were there were so many of them that prices really were like kind of bottoming out and they weren't selling right. out there were a couple instances where they would sit on shelves and like you could get them for days and like you know right. alarm bells were going off um you know i'm sure in calabasas and and to some degree you know also and you know among among the day traders and and resellers and 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 investors in these products because it was like oh this could be the end of, of the easy brand wait can and i they, ask
1: like, a, can i interject sure. with a question because yeah because here's 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 the uh if we're talking about, like, the stock market of it all and the investment of it all, like, it's, again, so much of it is speculation, right? And I think that also what we're talking about that I think can't be separated from that is the idea that, like, Kanye became, like, publicly – Became, like, this hated figure for a second, right? Not amongst me and Zaya, but, like, um, <laughs> but he was yeah. on a, you know, it was the Trump stuff. There was, like, a there's the red hat stuff, like, him and Jay-Z. Like, there was all these things happening, like, an yeah. announcement for running for president. So, it's, like, do the, – the hard part for me to reconcile is how much of that was actual public disdain that was yeah. happening – along with uh, a huge surplus of shoes. Because I wonder if had he just, for the sake of, had, does, if, and, and this, again, this is a speculation, but if Kanye stays quiet and releases the same amount of shoes, does he still sell out? And I think December actually will be kind of, this December will be the, the kind of marker or litmus test for that, right? He's releasing 14 Yeezys this month. And yep. like, this is politically the quietest he's been in a long time. So I guess maybe we'll see. But anyway, sorry, I was just wondering if if they look at that.
5: That's a great, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, there was like, this is, I think a, this is not a debate, that most people know about because most people aren't this deep in the weeds but there was kind of and there is this like kind of debate right it's 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 basically a demand side versus supply side debate about why yeezys sort of had that had that low point the the supply side argument is that there was just too many yeezys being released and the demand side was like the maga hat and like your right. point is that, yeah if he takes out the mag takes takes the maga hat off and it's just the supply side this this december and we get 14 yeezys like you know, will, will we see the same kind of effect on prices or will these still be like real investable, like high quality investments? And that's a great, it's a great, like sort of natural experiment. It's like, you know, ideally he would like change his party registration and like, you know, endorse, you know, Pete Buttigieg for, uh, for, for, for president. So we could get like a pure <laughs> AB test of like, you know, how Kanye's <laughs> politics affect. I, I honestly think-,
1: think saying he's for Pete Buttigieg would actually hurt him more. <laughs>
5: <laughs> he puts out, he does like a panic at the disco. Oh like dance. God. But I, yeah, I
1: truly be like, oh, I I would be like,
4: I'm out.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that might kill it. I mean, yeah. it, I it is like a very it, you know, it's a super interesting and, and kind of open question. I will say that like, yeah. you know, what we saw to, to give us another data point, like what happened with Pharrell NMDs, where they released just a ton of Pharrell MDs in like 2017. Yeah. And the and the they went used to be one of the most like high quality investment sneakers yeah. you could find. Like prices would stay up. And they released, we did a study of this, like the number of releases during that like 2017 era, it was insane. Like it was like one every other week they went from being very limited to being ubiquitous and prices just collapsed like these sneakers used yeah. to go for three times four times retail and they then they would not sell out they would go for like under retail and it took it's taken years i don't know if they've ever they really haven't come back in any meaningful it way. it
2: hasn't fully recovered it hasn't fully recovered at all no yeah yeah not for the md
5: yeah, not for the NMDs. And so going back to your obviously we've gone on a tangent here, but going back to your like original question, like what causes prices to go down? Like what are the risks? Like, this is one of the main risks, which is like brands, you gotta be like, you gotta you gotta have a certain amount of faith that the brands will be smart about their supply strategy and that they'll be, you know, somewhat like restrained in terms of how 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 far they push it. Cause there's always gonna be the incentive on the brand part to like make more money and sell more sneakers and sell more toys and comic books, and whatever. Um, but like they also have to be smart, and you gotta have to trust them to be smart that they're not gonna flood the market and just kill everything, because uh, that can really happen. An analogy, right. another analogy, right? Is what happened in the '90s with trading cards, right? Like, um, you know, in the, at the peak of the junk wax era, uh, the card companies were making 81 billion cards a year. 81 oh billion God. they were making. And like God. you and I, you got, you were from this era, right? Like if you bought cards between like 88 and like 94, right? Like those cards aren't going to be worth anything now. Cause there was just so many of them. They were just pumping them out and it was like, it just killed the hobby. Um, yeah. and I think this is something that like the lessons have been learned. Like the brands have learned this, like you can't get too greedy. You can't put too much product out because like you're going to kill like any kind of investment market there is.
1: Yeah. Well, Jesse, first of all, you yeah. talked way too much. So I, uh, I, 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 I will say it feels like it's time for you to ask us questions.
5: <laughs> let's do some questions. We'll do a quick lightning round. I want to I want to test some knowledge here, what we learn, learned. Uh, and we're going to be there's a quick Q&A about investments and collectibles. So let's start out with this. So I'm going to give you four kind of types of assets, and I want you to rank which are the most profitable from from best to least. Uh, and so we're gonna start out with Jordan fours is one cause collectibles two air max ones three and then the Dow Jones industrial is four <laughs> uh, so, so so those are your four those are your four categories and we're gonna be looking at just to give you a time frame let's say from the beginning of 2020. To the present, you know which of those four, from from best to least, was the was the best investment versus the worst investment?
1: Uh Air Max lowest, Dow Jones, cause figures, Jordan fours, Jordan fours being most valuable.
2: I'm gonna go Jordan four, cost figure, Air Max, Dow Jones.
5: Okay, so the answers are, and I gotta say this is this was taken a, a couple months ago that we did this analysis. Uh, Dow Jones is actually last, and the SP yes. 500 is last. Yep. Okay. Uh, it's like 30 or 40%. Air Max 1's second to last with a 50% price appreciation since 2020. Cause figures are number two. Uh, they've appreciated by about 60 or 70% on average since 2020. Jordan 4's are up there at 100% price appreciation right. since 2020.
1: I think I, yeah, I was going to say I Isaiah that nailed, it. Nailed, it. nailed that. That's on the list. Damn. you yelled the list that was good uh, All
5: right. you know again i ha- may have like zero effect on people and maybe just generally like uh uh, <laughs> uh you know listen to a strong emotion but yasser you consistently come in second in these guessing games and i almost oh, think that's like
2: whoa. maybe
5: whoa. a, more, a,
2: more, the a more
5: humbling fact
2: Jesse got
1: the blade. Hey, first of all, a little (laughs) bit of spicy mustard on the sausage there. (laughs) Yikes. All right, everyone, that was a resident nerd, Jesse Einhorn, StockX senior economist, probably just tip tapping away on one of those calculators that prints out the, the numbers. Like wears, you have to
2: crank it as you go. And you're like, <laughs> he wears That's the little a little visor. Him yeah, it's like, do you have to be union? Do you have to be in a union? Yeah, work Jesse, work Jesse, do absolutely. you have to be union?
1: Yeah, okay. absolutely.
5: Yeah, we're with uh, we're with uh, we're with unite here. Okay. I,
1: here's the thing. Again, people can't see either. you, so they can't see that you're wearing a little visor and a tiny little bow tie and a vest as you crank yeah. away at your little dumb little calculator. Um, but we want to thank you for stopping by and giving us your nerd knowledge. Um, again, you didn't have to. And it feels like we we actively disinvite you every time and you still show up. So that's pretty cool.
5: Yeah. And I just want to say solidarity. I appreciate you supporting our union. And, uh, you know, it's like,
4: <laughs>
5: we'll see you on the senior economist picket line.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh God.
1: All right. Um, Zay, you know what we got to do now, right? A storm front is coming through. You know what I'm saying? A heat wave. Or uh-huh. maybe, maybe a cold pressure thing.
2: Yeah. I was gonna say, <laughs> where's there's never any love for the cold fronts. We talk about the heat wave. We don't talk about the cold oh,
1: fronts. We don't talk we won't talk about the chilly chill. We don't, you know, we never we never get it into it as some icy boys. <laughs>
2: so icy man so
1: icy okay but this is you know the you know we're gonna try and forecast some heat right families you know they used to take pride in having like huge movie collections at home right me still being one of those guys um i'm families by myself me my Mm -hmm. wife and my dog um but but now it's weird, right? We all we also moved from like records to CDs to to MP3s and streaming and now records are cool again, right? Here's my question to you, do you think like a DVD, a Blu-ray, does that become cool again? Or in general, what do you think is coming back? Like a even like a card you'd want to buy. I know you have some that we need to talk about, but any dope merch or collectibles from the pandemic, anything
2: like that. I I think what's going to be like in terms of a really good, strong collectible. For one, yeah, I do. I do think DVDs will be cool again. I think any old technology will be cool again. Yeah. I think that like uh, any wired earbuds that aren't Apple, you know, just like old headphones and like CD players. You see places like that'll have like the first, you know, first generation iPhone. It's like ten grand. I think you'll definitely see. A lot more of that especially as we move into like a metaverse and people will be wearing headsets for stuff and they won't be looking at a computer screen as often as they are now or like a laptop screen so i do think i think like old technology will be something and just like you know (laughs) like it's like as scary as this is but like a robot that was just a toy and not also your best friend like they will (laughs) be in 20 years (laughs) that was that will also be very popular but like uh, yeah, I do. I do think that kind of stuff um, will will always be popular from here on out. It is, it's like finding old stuff from like, you know, the, like kitschy stuff from the 50s and 60s, like an old easy bake oven. It's like now it'll just be stuff that we kind of grew up with. But in terms of what I think the future is going to have in terms of collectible, I think it's going to be like newspapers and magazines, like oh. even more so as it even more so as it is than it is now, but to like have a time magazine cover with like whoever on it, or like the person of the year from 1994, right. will be, that'll be like a big get because papers are dying. right? So I think to have that or like an old, like an old newspaper or something, I, I think like that will be a collectible thing. A, the sports section from when Tampa, you know, Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl last year, just stuff like that, I think right. would be
1: valuable. The sports section from the Ray Lewis being in Atlanta.
2: <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I, I snitch, feel like, the snitch, yeah. The snitcher bowl. The snitcher bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Lewis, when he's he's dancing, it's like he's not screaming. He's snitching. He's screaming somebody's name <laughs> yeah, when yeah. he does that little it's dance. Like, he's like, his
1: name was
2: Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Bad guy. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I think yeah um, I think it'll be stuff like, yeah, the stuff that we're no longer about to start making, like, yeah, I think people naturally will want to collect those things. It's
1: really interesting. Um, That's what about call. you? mine's goofy just because they haven't happened yet, but I do think they're gonna come back. I don't know how long they'll last, and I mean that sincerely, but I genuinely think like collectible like cups and mugs, like remember when it was like... You would get, like, the plastic cup that's, like, Disney presents or, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, a big gold yeah, cup like that a, was, like— and it would
2: be, like, a big scape of, like, art all yes. around it that would start to wear off. Yeah. yeah.
1: I weirdly think it's going to be stuff like that because, like, those things, they still make those things, right? Like, if you go to a Super Bowl or a World Series, like, like, a sporting event, whatever, like, all those things still exist, but they don't hold any value. Whereas when we were kids, like, you would, like, run to a Burger King— to get one of them, the, right? To get the
2: yeah, they're doing five, a set of five out of five and you had to yeah. get like I got one through I got one, four, and five. I need the other ones. Yeah, right. like, yeah, you yeah. Would definitely get that. Yeah. But like, yeah, I actually just because the Braves, you know, uh Braves just won the World Series, shout out right. to the Braves. I bought a bunch of that stuff. Like yeah. I got I got the cup and I got the <laughs> the pin. I got like, you know, the novelty towel. Yeah. Things of that nature. But yeah, you're right. It wasn't and they were, you know, they were very cheap. It wasn't like an expensive thing. Right. But that's an interesting choice. I
1: I I think that because like what you're saying is the smarter answer because that holds a tangible it holds a tangible value over time. But cups are those things that do go up and down. And I think right now they just haven't had their moment again yet. And I think they're about to. Because we've kind of touched on all the other like collectible touchstones, like other than like you know for the sake of like beanie babies which might have a resurgence but like other than that i think the thing that w- we will be seeing is like a a um is a like cup thing a cup thing a, a cup resurgence <laughs> that a is resurgence. that is so
2: weird to me maybe maybe a little Wayne will od with the double cup like a disney princess double cup <laughs> That, and is, that, was, and, and, that is a bad way to end this episode. You'll <laughs> survive. You'll survive. That is just
1: not a great way to do this one, I gotta say. <laughs> but that way, what if he's just like, it was Princess and the Frog?
0: <laughs> oh no, yeah. <y'all.
2: laughs> um, but uh personally I've collected, I started doing cards a little bit. You yeah. know, I'm just like dabbling in cards again. Yeah. I actually ended up buying a pack of cards on a whim and it had a Jalen Green rookie in it with a piece of his jersey. And I was like, oh, this is I'm off to a flying start. That's so I, like, I get why I get the hook, uh, the hook now, because like I wanted right. to buy five more boxes after that. But that's right. not going to be in there again. I just got super lucky. Right. You yeah. Know? No, and now sure. like and now I want Jalen Green to just shine with his locks and his his long, pretty hair <laughs> You know, he's uh, got, he he's like, he got like the pom-pom, yeah. range, you know, like for the girl, the little girl from the Proud family. Yeah. He's got like that. He's got that yeah. look going
1: on. Yeah. Okay. Well, look, I feel like you ending it on like a little Wayne Jalen Green thing is way worse than me calling it a cup thing, but I digress.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's Ariel.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the little mermaid drinking off something blue. It's like, you mean the ocean? You mean the ocean. (laughs) All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening to History of Heat presented by StockX and HeadGum. Uh, The first nerd, everyone knows his name. Uh, My name's Jesse Einhorn. Thank you very much. Oh, my God. And my co-host, my (laughs) co-host and my best friend. His name is... Isaiah Lester. And I'm Yasser Lester. Thank y'all so much for listening. And we will be right back with y'all soon.
2: Peace. Peace.
3: a HeadGum original.
0: Hey there, podcast listener. Good news, we're doing another HeadGum Happy Hour in New York City. Whoa, that's amazing news. Amir, why don't you tell the folks when and where it is? Okay, fine. It's Tuesday, May 7th at 7.30 p.m. at the Bell House. Okay, and why don't you tell everybody... Who the fucking hosts are? Yeah, that would be us. It would be, uh, we're hosting it. It's Jake and Amir. Okay, and how about this, you little piece of shit? Why don't you tell everybody who is going to be performing? Who is this show featuring? All right, I don't appreciate being called that, but it is featuring Charlie Bardet, Natalie Rodder lateman of Exploration And why don't you tell them, excuse me, why don't you tell them who else it's featuring? Yeah, Millie Tamares and Elise Morales of the Go Touch Grass podcast and some surprise guests as well. More, yes. And Mir, why don't you go ahead and close this out now? You say something like, thanks for listening. We'll see you at the yeah. show or something like that. Why don't you go yeah. ahead and do that? I hmm? okay, will. Hmm? Uh, Can you do that? It, so go buy a ticket at headgum.com slash live and we'll see you there. All right. Bye.